0: as Alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity Mm -hmm. FM 93.5 here in Birmingham. We're here today with you on another show of Parenting Hour for the next hour, inshallah, during this blessed month of Ramadan when we're going to be talking about something that we should be thinking of um, most of the time, whether it's Ramadan or not Ramadan, but people, and especially children, who are not in the privilege of having a family and who have to be fostered by others uh, due to what uh, different circumstances. And to talk about that this evening, we've got Cameroon with us, who is a social worker and she's also a counsellor and she's also working on, department, on behalf of the Department of Education in this work and is going to explain more about this to us. If you have a question, as usual, please ring in on 0121 772 This is a pre-recorded show, but if you do ring in, of course, they will pass on all questions and queries straight to Cameroon. Or if you have an email, email studio at net. Uh, Our Luton listeners, thank you for tuning in on 105.1. Also, please email or phone in if you have any queries. And people that are listening on the app or over the internet, also your emails are welcome. Everything will be forwarded to Cameroon to answer you directly if you've got any queries. And we know there's a lot of misconceptions out there. You know, I'm getting... Uh, messages all the time about uh, is there a family around that can foster a child well, I don't think that's how you do it going over WhatsApp. I'm sure that's not how it's done over WhatsApp, but we're going to find out exactly how it is done from the person that knows what, how and what should be done. And this is why you need to email her or send her email address to people that um, may be sending out incorrect messages so we n- ensure that everybody is getting the correct information, inshallah. So alhamdulillah we're here in Ramadan I hope it's going well for everybody and that you're all getting the, the blessings of the month of Ramadan alhamdulillah and maybe from hearing this uh, something about this evening that might help you to think of doing something else and get more blessings inshallah from Ramadan so without any further ado let me introduce Cameroon and maybe you can introduce yourself inshallah Assalamualaikum.
1: alaikum. Well, thank you, Sister Kathleen um, My name is Cameron Callum, as mm-hmm. you've rightfully said and yes, I am qualified as a social worker and a counsellor mm-hmm. I wear two hats professionally as a foster line advisor and a counsellor in private practice for TalkWell counselling Now, my role in fostering as a foster line advisor involves offering quality advice, support and information over the telephone to existing and prospective foster carers across England Foster Lion is funded by the Department for Education and delivered by Foster Talk. We provide confidential impartial advice, information and signposting on the broad range of issues of concern to foster carers and those interested in fostering. So in order to support them in their role, we aid retention and encourage recruitment of foster carers. So if any listeners are interested in fostering, or are indeed already fostering, and have any concerns or queries, they are more than welcome to contact FosterLine by telephone on 0800 040 7675, Monday to Friday 9am to 5pm, or via our interactive website on www.fosterline.info. Um, suffice to say, the team at Fosterline is is lovely, very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And between us, we have over 80 years' experience. Wow,
0: mm. wow, big team there then.
1: Mm. Yeah, we have Inshallah. a mix. We have a good mix as well. So it's not just foster carers. There's senior social workers, foster carers. And so we're covering both angles of practicals and you know legislation. Um, we offer a high quality of customer service, and we have wealth of knowledge covering professional and practical as- aspects of fostering
0: and they're from people from all backgrounds I assume yes, and different yeah. faiths as well yep, so they understand so I'm, cultures I'm,
1: that's it I am Muslim um, and uh, the my colleague is um, white uk Mm -hmm. Um, we've got somebody who's australian on the line Mm -hmm. as well so Mm -hmm. we've got various different mix Mm -hmm. um, of people who have kind of blended together and offered a wealth of of knowledge and it's a a really lovely place to work
0: great that (laughs) sounds really good a lovely place to work so you've explained who foster line is and uh, very well mashallah and you also mentioned foster talk can you tell us a little bit more about them?
1: Okay, well, Fosterline is provided by Foster Talk on behalf of the Department for Education. Um, foster Talk is an independent, not for, pro- not for profit organisation, and they are focused solely on providing high quality, independent professional support to members. Um, as an organisation, they p- uh, offer membership to provide comprehensive support packages that makes a difference to foster carers um, and the children and the young people they look after. Basically, they have a dedicated team of trained professionals. They have, um, including a legal advice line, uh, counselling helpline, benefits and tax helpline. So um, foster carers who are already in the job will really benefit from having support from them. Um, they can, If anybody listening wants to inquire more about that, they're welcome to go online www.fostertalk.org or call the telephone number on 01527
0: That's really interesting, uh, all that you're telling us and all this information. So in respect to fostering, is there a need for more carers? Uh, Yes,
1: uh, indeed there is, uh, particularly uh, in the Asian community. We are underrepresented across the fostering profession and I was hoping through this show that we would be able to raise awareness about fostering and to encourage more Muslim foster carers to come forward. Um, In fact, there is actually an annual event Called Foster Care Fortnight. Um, this year it begins from the 14th of May for two weeks, where the recruitment of pos- prospective foster carers is encouraged and promoted. So, if you have any listeners out there that have been thinking about fostering as a career, um, but have questions or need help in getting started, we at Fosterline can provide free, confidential, impartial advice and support to help you make an informed decision moving forwards. It is um, it is a big commitment and it's something that you would need to think through because it has to suit not just you but your family. You are opening your home to a, a, another child and that comes with its own complications so it is definitely a family decision. Um, and we also support existing foster carers. So if anybody out there is currently fostering and haven't heard of FosterLine, hello, we're here. Um, if you have concerns or queries and need advice, you can contact FosterLine as well.
0: Okay. Hey, so, you know, we get a lot of questions asked about who can become a foster carer and what you need and what is the process and what you need to do. And there is some people that maybe have some time and, you know, are able to do it and have the quality... Qualifications, if there is qualifications, need, but they don't know. So, what's the process of becoming a foster carer?
1: Okay, so in relation to qualifications, you don't actually need any qualifications as such. You will be offered skills to foster training, mm-hmm. and that will be provided by the agency or local authority that you sign up with. Um, what they'll look for is experience of parenting, um, any kind of learning needs that you might have, and your family dynamics. So, they'll look at whether you are suitable to foster uh the whole process in terms of how to go about it uh, it can take anywhere between six and eight months from start to finish. Wow! Mm.
0: So it's not something that you know immediately. I want to have. I feel uh, sympathetic to something happening at the moment. I see children, and I want foster America to happen next week. Mm. No, it's no, not like no. that. There,
1: there is a very organised, structured process, mm. and, and as you can understand, it's a vulnerable children we're talking about. Mm. For placing care for a reason, yep. we need to be careful with the matching process to of ensure course. that they are placed with suitable carers and have that element of um, safeguarding at the forefront of our mind, so the, the, it's about promoting their identity and matching appropriately so that carers and children are best placed so in terms of if we go back to the process there are two stages and that explains the length of it mm-hmm. the first stage so say you want to foster you make a phone call and to your local authority say for example mm-hmm. or an independent agency they will then arrange to come out and visit you at home Mm-hmm. carry out an initial home visit once they've um, visited you at home they will have a look around your home talk to you about your family members and your property mm-hmm. um, and carry out stage one checks mm-hmm. stage one checks involve medical references and the DBS checks which stands for the police yes. checks and history yeah. now that that stage is preliminarily, basically, it's screening. If you pass that stage, you will then pass, be passed on to stage two, which is a, the main body of the assessment. It's a series of long, in-depth. Uh, questions, some of them can be quite intrusive, so be prepared mm-hmm. and they'll talk to you about uh, your history, your parenting skills, your history of being parented, mm-hmm. so you know they 'll take you back to your childhood and ask certain questions and also look at your family style now, your family mm-hmm. dynamics, how you manage things if you have children, and how you you know how you are impacted by them mm-hmm. so in terms of those two processes, once they 're collated into what we call a form f assessment report. Um, you will receive a copy of that to read through and sign Mm -hmm. you will then attend panel and the panel members will have read your report if they have any queries they will ask you a few questions Mm -hmm. and after that you'll be written to with the response um, of whether you've been approved or not so that is in a nutshell the process itself so in terms of um You know, it's not a quick fix. It's it's, as you said earlier. It's very much a structured process. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And yeah, and can anybody apply? yes i think in terms of applications as i've mentioned because there's mm-hmm. quite a thorough screening process yeah. if you're not deemed suitable usually by stage one they'll know that and they'll mm-hmm. let you know for whatever reason but mm-hmm. um we will welcome people to apply and see what happens because you don't know if you're not suitable until you try mm-hmm. you know if you've got any questions free feel free to call us at foster line and mm-hmm. uh, we have a very good um frequently asked questions on our website as well uh, which kind of Bust some of the myths around mm. it. Like, for example, people thought that single single people can't be foster carers. We've got plenty of single foster carers out there.
0: Right.
1: Um, okay. So it, it's. What
0: about grandparents? And grandparents,
1: like they've got a wealth of experience, and yeah. often uh, some of the best carers are grandparents.
0: Right, so they're not excluded because of their age No, no,
1: no.
0: Okay, that's yeah. very interesting I think our listeners would be interested in, in hearing about that because mm-hmm. it, it's these things that you'd think it's uh, as for younger people maybe or mm. um, people uh, like a mum that's already a stay-at-home mum mm-hmm. that uh, has children That's a stereotypical kind yeah, of view <laughs> Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, uh, it's interesting to break those myths actually that people can foster, mm. um, uh, especially in our Muslim community Yeah, mm. very good uh, so there is a big, a long process there from beginning to mm, end. Mm-hmm. It takes, as you say, a good few weeks, and it can be intrusive. But I think people will be prepared for that if mm-hmm. they know. You know, I presume there's financial questions and things like that as well.
1: Yes, yeah, and that will all, all be addressed um, during the assessment process. So feel mm. free if you do undergo a fostering assessment to ask those questions of your assessing social worker. Mm. they will be able to answer, and we can also support you if you call Foster Line as well. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: Very good, good indeed. So how does prospective carers locate different agencies? You mentioned there there's different agencies and there's things up on your website that we can look at. Mm. Um, is there other agencies as well or how, what yeah, should they so do? Like, I, I'm a parent at home now, I'm listening to this, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, that's interesting, I might like to do that. Mm. Where do I go?
1: Okay, so our website is very interactive and very informative, mm. so you've got two options. You can call us directly and have a conversation <coughs> You've also got the option of live chat. We have a live chat on our website. But on the website, there's also a thinking of fostering page. Mm-hmm. And on that page, there's a link uh, that says mapping system. It's in blue on the first page. If you click on that link, it'll open a free text box on a second page, and you enter your postcode, and it'll throw up all of the local authority and independent fostering agencies within your area. So it kind of it acts as a good start point. And we always advise to call more than one, so maybe two to three different um, agencies or local authorities, simply because it has to be the right fit for you it's a long process it's a commitment and they will have varying policies in respect to fees allowances support package training um, so all of that it would be, need to be looked at, and you can check their performance as well on Ofsted, so the Ofsted reports. Wow.
0: So, so a potential parent can actually check
1: yeah.
0: what organisation they want to go with, yes, yep. check what different training, because there is training, yes, which is yeah, something is, that yep. I think parents won't know either mm-hmm. that there's training there for them. Mm-hmm. So there is training there. And you mentioned money, finance?
1: Yes, yes. There's a, there's a financial remuneration for um, foster carers. Um, in terms of amounts there's national minimum standards exist and they have a kind of ballpark figure for different parts of the country again they are listed on our website and um, so feel free to go onto the website and t- uh, click on the finances page and it gives you a useful chart where it gives you what the national minimum allowance should be and many will exceed that limit so that, so it's and, and it's good to ask what their fee structure is like so you can go with the one that suits you
0: Wow, so I, I think we should mention the the website and the phone number uh, just so our listeners uh, can have it. And listeners, if you don't have a pen and paper here, we will mention it again later on, but uh, please uh, do try and get pen and paper to write down this or jot down this.
1: Okay, so Fosterline can be t- uh, contacted by telephone on 0800 040 7675 between Monday and Friday, 9am to 5pm or via our interactive website on www.fosterline.info. And there are web forms you can complete and ask for a call back, and we'll call you back.
0: Great. All cool. sounds really good. So there's a lot of help there, a lot of pr- uh, prospective carers can actually find the organisation, the agency that's there, right there for them. Brilliant. So is it best for Muslim carers to come forward for Muslim children do you think or do you have many Muslims coming forward we hear a lot about Muslim children wanting needing fostering mm. is there the Muslim families there for them
1: Well as I mentioned before at the start of the the interview, there are um, we are underrepresented in the um, fostering profession. There is a need for more Muslim carers. Mm-hmm. Indeed, across the board, there's a need for more foster carers right across the board from all walks of life, mm-hmm. um, but particularly in, in the Muslim um, faith. So, because it's important to match the child as closely as possible to the carer. Um, It's always good because it promotes the child's culture, their faith, their Mm -hmm. identity um, and it gives them a sense of familiarity because the carers are from a similar background. Mm -hmm. Having said that, um, there are very good case examples that I'm aware of (coughs) of interracial uh, placements where non-Muslim carers have had Muslim children and been proactive in purchasing prayer mats and Qurans, providing halal foods to meet the child's needs. And as you're aware, each case is unique, as as is each carer. So, there isn't any hard and fast rule around it. Suffice to say that the matching process is key, um, and you know it, it is very much what suits that child and what suits the carer.
0: Mhm. that's that's important, of course, to get that match there, and mm. uh, and try and get, if we can, at all possible. I suppose Muslims, I think a lot of. The families of those children who are um, not able to look after for whatever reason mm-hmm. they're in fostering, and I'm sure it's a vast amount of reasons, p- would be more comfortable knowing they're with a Muslim family mm-hmm, and yeah. able to look after their their faith mm-hmm. probably again if they were from that culture they'd probably be more comfortable so, you know we are so big as, as Muslims yes. mashallah you know, we, we stretch from China mm-hmm. way over to Morocco and way yep. south as well so lots of different cultures there mm. and um, you know if you look at uh, the Indian culture compared to the Turkish culture I'm mm. just speaking a couple of countries <laughs> to the Yemen yeah. to Morocco it is so so different so yeah it's it's a it's
1: a it's a hot pot really, isn't yeah. it? And that's the beauty of fostering. It's it's so diverse. Mm. Just as the the carers are diverse, the children are diverse. Mm-hmm. So it's really good to have a diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, the but the main thing, if we scrape all of that away, is that children are provided with appropriate care in a loving and stable home environment that does respect their cultural and faith needs. Mm. That's really the bottom line.
0: Mm. Because we need children not just to be fed and looked after physically, but mm. also emotionally, socially, yes. psychologically, spiritually. Yes. Exactly. It's
1: it's a one big you know bubble of different things. Mm. It's not just you know we aren't uh, one thing. We mm-hmm. are a sum of many parts. So it's just incorporating every part of the the life of the child mm-hmm. and ensuring that that is met.
0: That's met from everywhere. So whether it's Muslim and it could be the other way around. Mm. You could have uh, non-Muslim children fostered by Muslim parents. Yes,
1: and that happens across the board as well, mm-hmm. and quite successfully, I might say as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: good, good. Mm. Yeah, we did have a fostering, and uh, we did a show a while ago now, sometime last year and I did actually have a fostering couple with me mm. well a dad that came in and, and he's been fostering for years and they were very happy as a foster family mm. um, and doing what they were doing Yeah, so it was, it was interesting talking to him but I don't think there's very many out there so if you are a foster family and you're listening in to us it would be nice for you to actually give us a ring in give us some feedback how did you join this process what were the implications for you What were the things? so we can uh, gather some information and maybe the next time we bring back Cameroon you could join us on the show and give us your experience. So please do ring in if you are listening to this. I'm sure you know the number. I'll just repeat it again. It's O one two one double seven two double eight nine two. Great. There's a lot to talk about when we're talking about fostering, indeed. So what about fostering asylum-seeking Muslim children?
1: Hmm, okay, that is, that is quite hot on the agenda at the moment, simply because there are so many coming through the system at the moment. Mm-hmm. And there has been a, an issue in terms of matching. As you as you can understand, there aren't that many um, carers from those backgrounds. So anybody wishing to specifically foster an asylum-seeking child, because that is quite a niche um, area mm-hmm. should contact their local fostering um, service so potentially the local authority in their area because most children will pass through the local authority um, to to ensure that their needs are met so um, they would; those foster cares would, would similar to any other foster care would be subject to a full assessment of their family and home um, and in <coughs> terms of Matching, uh, they'll try to match as closely as possible. So if they can't get the culture, they'll get the faith. So if these are Muslim children, they don't necessarily need to be um, Syrian Muslim; they could be Pakistani Muslim. But mm-hmm. the, the, essentially, it's about trying to get as close a match as possible.
0: Mm. So it could could a potential couple that were uh, wanting to foster just specify that they wanted to see help asylum-seeking Muslim children and not other? Muslim children that uh, come into the system for other reasons. Mm. Could they just say that or no, once you're qualified foster, you're expected to be available Mm. for everybody?
1: Yes, that's a good question. I think there's there's two parts to that. First part is if you have a preference, always state that at the start of the assessment process. Some agencies and local authorities want you to be flexible and open-minded and if, if they think that you're only after that niche, they may not Proceed because it's about knowing that that you are able to be flexible and open-minded and be able to care for any child regardless of the background. However, there are some um, niche agencies that will provide care for, for specific. Um, cultures and faiths so if that's the case it may be worth googling uh, the service that provides specifically a service for faith-based fostering Mm -hmm. Um, but generic in generic terms most local authorities and agencies will hope to work with carers that are more open-minded and flexible in terms of their approach because otherwise you could end up being approved Mm -hmm. but not have placements for a while because nothing comes through that matches so you're kind of almost doing yourself a disservice as well Mm -hmm. so it's you know it very much depends on what your needs are there's no harm in saying it at the end of the day you have a preference you can say that because mm-hmm. if that's that is your preference but it's about being as, as, as open as possible and, and mm. stating that at the outset mm.
0: i assume when we're talking about asylum seeking children and children that come from war t- war-torn zones mm. that those foster cares would be maybe extra assessed or have extra support because those children are okay they're the trauma of being removed from families mm. one like everybody else but mm-hmm. on top of that they have extra trauma over everywhere where they saw very serious uh, issues mm. death in front of them mm. families being killed in front of them so they're probably more disturbed again mm-hmm. than mm. other children you mm-hmm. know and um, is, do you have extra training and things like
1: that? Yeah, I think it's very important to recognize the additional challenges mm-hmm. that come through for children who are severely traumatized. And, you know, you don't have to come from a war-torn country to be traumatized. There's mm-hmm. plenty of homegrown children who've sure. had abuse and neglect. Yeah. And so it's recognizing the signs, knowing your limitations of foster care and spotting your gaps. If you know mm-hmm. that you have, um, you know, a gap in your knowledge or needs additional training, don't feel afraid to ask for for that from your agency mm-hmm. if you are already an approved foster carer say right I need training in this area mm-hmm. and um, maybe this child that I've got in my care could do with a referral for mental health services be be vocal because at the end of the day it's about advocating on behalf of the child as where possible as well so mm. that the needs are met especially um, if
0: they came across Europe maybe alone mm. and uh, they could have been exposed to sexual exploitation mm, and things like mm-hmm. this you know there is there's a lot of complications there yes. mm-hmm. yeah
1: so it's very important that their needs are looked at and met because, mm-hmm. you know, as as with any other career, there's challenges and rewards in, in everyone, just the same as it is in fostering. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, but as you know, you know, Islamically speaking, mm-hmm. it's a very praiseworthy cause, it's yes. fostering. Yes,
0: yes, mashallah. Mm-hmm. It, it is indeed uh, and we'll come back to that in, in a bit again. About talk a bit more about that. Um, you mentioned earlier about fees and allowances and things like this, which mm-hmm. actually I, I only realised that last year when we had another show on fostering that foster carers were pay, being paid for their work. Now I, I have nothing against it because, of course, they're doing a job. Mm-hmm. But I'd never thought of it before. <laughs> it just didn't <laughs> cross my mind. I, mm-hmm. you know, as like a lot of, lot of us that do work and we do a lot of voluntary work. Mm-hmm we uh, get used to just doing voluntary work mm-hmm. you know and we just it just it, it just never crossed my mind
1: mm. <laughs> no and that's that's fine i think it, it's um because it's an altruistic kind of career, and it is very much a, a career, it is a job, whether, you know, however you look at it, it's, it's something that you're giving your time, your energy to, mm-hmm. um, and it's more and more recognised as that now, mm-hmm. as, whereas before it was seen quite informal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to ensure that no foster carer is out of pocket because of their caring role, there is a recommended national minimum allowance, and it was introduced by the Department for Education. Um, there is currently no recommended amount for the reward element. Um, but uh, and each fostering service will set this separately but each fostering service as I mentioned earlier will have their own policy in relation to fees and allowances so whoever you choose to go with ask to see their finance policy see what that means for you um, and uh, you'll get a better understanding if you have a look on our finance pages because it gives you the um, national minimum allowance
0: mm.
1: um, kind of guidelines if exactly. you'd like for each part of the country mm-hmm. um, but yeah so that gives you background reading
0: of course, uh, and that would cover for, I suppose, the f- food, uh, yeah. everything, clothing, everything, as, right. well as, yeah. as well as 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 well kind of the work that you're putting into it. So yes. it's, it's recognising, you know, life is changing. It is recognising that stay-at-home moms actually mm. are doing a job, yes, you know, whereas indeed. three years ago people would say, oh, I'm only a, a, a mother, I mm. do nothing as a profession. But that is big profession you of know, course
1: like it. it's a lifelong profession you know yeah. you don't escape it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even when the children go up and go away exactly. they come back again because they yeah. have children and yeah. grandchildren yeah. so it is you know very much a a, a honorable uh, role and it's something that if you have the the kind of experience and and love in your heart and, and space in your home it's one of those things that is worth looking into because at the end of the day there are plenty of children needing homes
0: mm-hmm mm. There is indeed. And actually, that's uh, that brings me on We were are talking about homes and maybe uh, think about bedroom space, room space, uh, your home, um, which we'll have to come back to after the commercial break, actually, and ask you about that, because mm-hmm. I think that's a big topic. So, listeners, if you're tuned in, we're here talking about fostering. Uh, please do tune into us after commercial break and bring a pen and paper and write down the numbers and websites we're going to give you, inshallah. So, excuse us for a few minutes, we have to go to this quick commercial break. Aslamu alaikum.